Welcome to Resilience Unraveled, your regular guide sharing tools and expertise to build a life full of positivity and possibility. Here's your host, Russell Thackeray. So hi everybody, today we've got a slightly different episode for you. Um, it's only about um, seven months so Janet and I, since Janet and I sat down last and sort of reviewed our first series of podcasts, in fact our first three months, and we thought it would be a really great idea just to sit down and sort of recap some of the things that we've learned, some of the podcast guests that we've had, and some of the things which have been in the news around resilience over the last six months, because it's certainly been an interesting time. So today my guest is Janet, my colleague in crime at Resilience Unraveled. So hi Janet! Hi there, Russell. <laughs> and I guess it's not just you there on your own. I think you have an important member of the team now with you. Is that right? <laughs> You're talking about my dog snoring. I hope you can't hear that on the sofa she is. <laughs> That's the dog snoring. Ah. <laughs> well, no, we believe you, don't we? Oh. Well, so anyway, we thought it'd be a good idea to sort of start the ball rolling way back at episode 17 because we're sort of way, way from that now. So we talked to a guy called Steve Gilbert. And we talked there about um, his idea about music and passion and performance and such like. And, and I was really taken by that idea that, having been a musician myself, and he was talking about music, how, how that was such a great source of stress relief and, you know, sort of really using your body and your mind and music to sort of de-stress and declutter your life. I, I really enjoyed that podcast, John. I didn't, yeah, like, and I... I loved like the social aspect of it as well, because um, it, it is about uh, being there, trying, you know, listening to something new. It's calming and relaxing. But then when when you like, so the sounds is like a is like a little is like music in in your lounge, and it's the meeting of other people as well, and socialising, and those sorts of things that you know are brought often brought by music. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's, and it's a theme that's going to develop, isn't it, this idea of belonging, this idea that um, we need to be part of something to give our lives some meaning. And it's something that's I find interesting, because I'm not personally a huge degree of friends, and I, a number of friends, and I know you're very sociable in comparison with me, so it's something that people need to be aware of, isn't it, this idea of having relationships and a good network of people around them. Yeah, yeah, and, and meeting new people, because it is... Talk about it. It's quite hard, you know. A lot of people find it hard to do. I do. Um, I'm not a massively. I'm not an extrovert or anything. But I, you know. Um, but when you're put in situations where you meet new people, it's good fun. So. And it was a thousand miles away from Patrick Waller's um, podcast, all about financial resilience, and that was really interesting, wasn't it? Because he's a man that uses a lot of life planning and psychology and planning for the future and having this real clear idea of where you're going in your life and making sure you've got the finance to fund it and, that, yeah. and that's really one of our key resilience principles is this idea yeah. of sort of living your life on purpose really that's right and when, when you first talked about that i was thinking finance resilience does that work but i can totally see it after listening to that um how really it's having the money to live the life the way you the best you can, I think, and that is, yeah, as you say, underlying principle of resilience. So that was episode eighteen, and um, funny enough, I was, um, I, I actually had uh, was out with Patrick last night, and he but he reminded me, and I reminded him that he owed us a session because he said there was all sorts of extremely interesting little glitches and hooks and clever tricks you could do in terms of making the most of your money. So we'll uh, we'll have to do something about that. Oh, that would be brilliant! Yeah, yeah. and then. 
and 19 we hit on the subject of mindfulness now everyone jazzes on about mindfulness and i think it's i think it's become a bit new agey and a bit fluffy and a bit and sort of a bit lost in a sense as a word but actually it's a very powerful concept in terms of even just simple mental toughness and uh, we talked to crystal go who was um someone who was really interesting and and put a different spin on it didn't she yeah she'd been working um with china sort of building um mental health awareness um because it's such a it's such a health issue there and people's um that well people hide it to themselves don't they so yeah, yeah. <laughs> apparently what was it that she said something like the um the mental health people with mental health issues there's over 200 million of them in china which is mm-hmm. a sizable number isn't it yeah and um, and actually, one of those sort of um, stresses and strains that mindfulness deals with, we talked about with Corby Mitleid, Mitleid, Mitleid. I could never yeah. say her name. Oh, I really must learn how to say these names, <laughs> Janet. <laughs> yeah, she um, spoke about um, clarity, and um, she talked about clearing out your closet. That was her book, and that was it, she yeah. about clarity and making choices. And um, yeah, it's understanding that you can choose what you want to do. Do you know what? Since her podcast, I've cleared out the loft. And she's really, it's really true with this idea of this, you know, decluttering your life and making sure that you have only what you have and cherish around you. And yeah. uh, we've got so much clutter in our lives. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a nice analogy, isn't it? Yeah. It, is, it is funny as well. I remember watching a program called Life in Pieces on Amazon. And they have a, a mental health practitioner on there who does something about clearing out your closet. So I watched that and was slightly amused because obviously, they, they obviously one wasn't related to the other, but one was a very healthy spin on this idea of these sort of self-help things. But Corey had some really good strategies, I thought. Yeah, and it, I suppose it's about making keeping life simple, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Now, talking about keeping life simple, Charles Eugster, it's 97 oh. when we talked to him, and, you know, a, a remarkable man. Um <laughs> And he had the most intriguing sign-off of any podcast, which was just to say, I've got to go now, once it said goodbye. And, um, <laughs> but, it, I mean, it was a really rich podcast in terms of attitudes and mindsets. And, I mean, I was really taken. And I know you went off immediately had a holiday afterwards because you were really taken with this idea, live your life today. Don't retire. You know, really live your life at 100 miles an hour. It was a remarkable session. Yeah, certainly never idle and... Um well, physical fitness is outstanding. So it's really sad that um, he died in, in May, age 97, but so lucky to have managed to speak to him before then. So, yeah. yeah. And and I think, didn't you, as a result of that, go on holiday and didn't you bump into, did you talk to Corey Mitlead as a part of that? Because didn't you go to somewhere exotic, oh, no, like no, the no. Andalusian was... desert or something? <laughs> One of your many holidays. <laughs> um no, that, that was a, a previous lady on a podcast, so, yeah. So, um, so he was a treat, and so was 22, actually, because we talked to uh, Kevin Appleby and Graham Arrowsmith, and uh, it was a slightly, a slightly north of England session, that one, wasn't it, because we were all from that part of the world, and they, they have their own podcast called The Next 100 Days, and um, they had a very interesting sort of small business view of resilience, and I thought it was quite, that was, that was some very interesting insights there around managing a business and, you know, making sure that you're commercial and aware and thinking about resilience in terms of products and structures and markets and such like. Yeah, and their, their take on um, making things really happen and making changes 
and their hundred days was a sort of time period of, to get things really going. And I thought that was, thought that was that was quite inspiring. I think we've been using that, haven't we? Yeah, we've tried. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Now, 23 was lovely, lovely uh, Sue Firth, who I've known for about a million years, but as, you know, as a, what a great speaker and a fantastic voice and um, great clarity of thought and, and a real expert in the sort of subject of stress and neuroimmunological, I can't even say the word, neuroimmunological, I can't say the word. Good stuff about stress, I think is what we're talking about. She, yeah. she had some really practical tips there, didn't she? Yeah, stress both at work and at home. So I thought there was um, so many things, things that you could look out for with stress. So it's really it was about like um, spotting the signs so that you can um, start combating things before things get bad, isn't it? So yeah, that was great. And it was interesting because we sort of had a run of practitioners, and then when we met on twenty four was Pauline Durham, one of the people, one of the, one of the sort of pe people that are sort of not practitioners in the field, but they're just people with interesting stories. And yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and I'm totally inspired by Pauline yeah. because I have been, you know, myself been trying to um, look at you know what you eat and what you drink and the effect that that has on your body, and she, she. Um, went to doctors and she found out she had diabetes and um, she actually used her diet, um, the, she used the Michael Mosley diet to reduce her carbs mm. and she got to, to a state now where she has not got diabetes so she doesn't have to go back to the doctors to have checkups or whatever. So just brilliant, such an inspirational um, person I think Pauline is and just showed what the effects of food on your body, I think. And, and as an aside, um, partly is what she'd um, um, done. Just bear with me one second. I was, I think, when we when we chatted to her, I was on day two of the same diet by pure yeah. coincidence. Yeah, you just started. That was very funny. Yeah. And, so that's, and it was an, it was an absolute coincidence, wasn't it? And in, and in the time I did the diet, I also lost nearly twenty kilograms. But I've also come off my high blood pressure tablets as a result of that, or, or at least half my dose, which is yeah. one of my objectives. That's brilliant. Yeah, and I've got so much more energy because, of course, high blood pressure tablets, by their very nature, make you quite slow and sleepy. And um, you know, I'm all bouncy and ready for another holiday now. <laughs> so um, so it was an interesting community one that and actually Pauline and now Captain Rachel Dunn was she had an interesting life as well and she was in podcast 27 but again yeah. you know what an interesting woman who's who, who wasn't talking about resilience as a practitioner was looking at this thing well actually she just had a remarkable job and she was responsible for taking some of those massive naval ships in and out of Portsmouth Harbour it was a really yeah. fascinating conversation yeah I think just the resilience of somebody who who being a woman there who works in such a male dominated environment and yeah was driving around these enormous ships and had to for you know for these um for all sorts of um boats that came that came into the um docks so yeah i just thought she was she was just amazing and and you know for really helps people that might want to take a certain path is that there's choices out there you just just got to know what you want to do yeah too right 
Um, and the third person who was just an interesting story is coming up in our next series. I already recorded, but I think a new Thompson's coming up in our next series. Yeah. So she's someone to listen out for because she's a, um, a lawyer who's got a very interesting take on life. So yeah. anyway, so back to our professionals. Then, then I think we met Dan Lawson. Now Dan's very turns out very influential and busy on LinkedIn. So yeah. you know he's definitely someone to talk about. I really um, got a lot out of his um, his um, session. This idea that in order to be addicted to something, that you have to learn how to say no to things, which means yeah. that you have to say have a more compelling yes to aim for. Which seemed a very simple idea, but it's something I've really thought about, um, and it's sort of. Has a quite a significance for me. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that helps in whatever you're doing, doesn't it? It's um, having the discipline to to say no because you want that that goal that's further on that you are aspiring to. I think, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, about yeah. learning new routines, doesn't it? Really? Yeah, but and I think people see that. Um, some of these mental health techniques are very soft and fluffy, things like mindfulness and such like, but they're not, they're tough, they require discipline, they require working, they require skills to be learned and habits to be built. And, you know, it's 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 not easy, which is why, of course, it, it takes a bit of time and it makes it's, it's a lot of people aren't successful, which is why you need help. And yeah. I think one of the things we keep banging on about is that the sign of resilience, a sign of strength is this ability to ask for help. Fast yeah. help from people. And I think we'll see this later on when we come to uh, one of our latest podcasts that not asking for help can have catastrophic you know, problems. So if yeah. we look at you know, episode 31, we talked to Luke Ambler, who has put together Andy's Man Club, which is all about you know, men and suicide. And I was staggered. I didn't know the stat that you know, um, the thing that most men die of, the highest cause of death in men under 45 is suicide. And yeah. it, was, it was a real shock, actually. And, and, and actually, of course, I've noticed and I've heard people talking to me on a regular basis about the number of people we know in you know, certain ages who have committed suicide because they just don't feel they can ask for help. And Andy's Man Club, I think, is, a, is an excellent charity for men in particular. And certainly we're thinking of putting some stuff together around men in, in particular later on this year. But uh, Luke was very inspir- inspirational, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was brilliant. And he's a rugby rugby league player, and um, and so it's, I think it helps a lot of guys having having a sort of a role model that's come from sport because it's I think it's it's sort of a more um, accessible way of getting information, you know, rather than there's a lot of soft and fluffy stuff out there, but actually getting it from a sort of a you know a serious sport sports person, I think for some people it has more sort of credibility, isn't it? Yeah, and and. Men talking to men, that's the thing that we, not our podcasts have been women, but we've tried to, you know, get a lot of men talking to us as, as well, because so much to say. Yeah, isn't that a surprise, Janet? Yeah. And it's, and it's not just all about football and cars, you see, I keep telling you this. <laughs> and, and sort of vaguely linked into sport was uh, the conversation we had with Catherine Louise Birmingham, who um, uses horses as part of um, training and such like. And um, it was know, a lot of principles, the principles of riding. She felt yeah. also sort of mimicked how you cope with everyday life as well. How she broke down those principles. So yeah, that was really interesting. So I've got to say congratulations to Catherine because she just had her uh, baby girl yesterday. So <laughs> congratulations, Catherine. Well deserved. Well done. 
Yeah. I'm hoping she gave birth on a horse. <laughs> I don't think so, but I will ask. <laughs> One I'm of sure them. Be on a horse soon, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, she's a very spirited woman, and good, good, good session that was. Tony Crabb was another person who had a great good session. Didn't he? Yeah. And, and one of the things he said was this idea that when you meet people, and I've noticed this actually, I've really looked out for this, is when you meet people and say, how are you doing? You all say busy. And he'd written a book called Busy. Yeah. And um, okay. I, I, I was a really good book full of very interesting sort of tips and such like, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I always, um, I loved the bit where he talked about um, being a perfectionist and how that was... Um, how it was the enemy of greatness because you don't always need to do your best to complete tasks and it often wastes a lot of time. So, yeah, I made sure I told that to my husband because he was a bit of a perfectionist. <laughs> can be very frustrating sometimes. But luckily you're not, Janet. No. <laughs> but it's one of the things I see in a lot of our resilience training, a lot of our work is this idea of either a need for control or a need for perfection and it goes back to some of the old transa transactional analysis stuff and behavioral psychology from the 60s it's so true even to this day yeah. and um you know looking at things like games people pay and i'm okay you're okay some of those ideas they've never really been sort of made um useful for people and i think um some of the work we do around mental toughness helps that because we take some of those ideas and the thinking triggers and such like and pull them together to create a proper toolkit that helps people deal with perfectionism because actually especially in a work context perfectionism often about the fact that people just don't know what good should look like so it becomes you know the need to be perfect and it's not yeah. the matter of perfectionism because actually it's what drives high standards yeah i mean i have to work with someone with perfectionism because i have less than a desire for perfectionism let's just say that so to me you're a massive perfectionist <laughs> Imagine what your husband's like now. Well, yeah. <laughs> so Kenneth Miller was quite interesting. We talked to him about all, and it was a very different sort of podcast, wasn't it? The idea of resilience coming out of war-torn communities. Yeah. That was that was quite yeah. quite an epic sort of podcast, wasn't it? Yeah, if we talk about resilience and you know helping get through adversity, and that really was adversity and trauma. These things that these people had been through. So it was interesting to listen to his little stories and anecdotes about how he had um, worked with these people in a lot of sort of refugee um, camps and things. So, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. As was Larry Ward, who was had the most amazing voice, and he had the deepest voice. And it was just, I mean, he, he was all again about meditation, mindfulness. Um, but boy, I could listen to him for ages. And yeah. uh, he really he talks a lot about reframing and breathing and such like a lot more about the technicalities of it, of stuff. And his his website was full of interesting resources, which I which I enjoyed having a go at myself actually. Yeah, yeah. I think mindfulness is a really hard thing to get your head around because it's not until you try to start doing it that you really start to understand what it is. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think. Um, I think there's a lot of, well, baloney talked about it. I think that's a scientific expression. I think people are mixing it. It's a bit like stress, isn't it? It's a, it's a word that's become meaningless by being overused and applied to every scenario. And I think yeah. the, the risk is that we're losing what mindfulness is really about. Because actually, when you look at the results coming back from the American military, when this was first tried by Marty Seligman back in the 50s and 60s and 70s, this, you know, the academic 
provenance is excellent, the scientific provenance is excellent, and mindfulness can generate better degrees of focus, mental toughness, resilience, and um, optimised performance. But it's it's not just sitting on a mountaintop doing chanting, which is, it's sort of been hijacked a little bit by some of the spiritual brigade. And and as, a, and, and as well as there's nothing matter with that, it can lose its sense of practicality for for those of us who want to have sort of tools and techniques to make our lives a bit easier, really. Yeah. yeah. Rant over. So we've had some really interesting, really interesting podcasts. And I think there's some really good themes coming out there about this need to belong, this need to use music and alternative therapies and mindfulness and, you know, and, and just common sense stories and tips and tactics that people use. And um, resilience for me is a lovely subject because it allows us to look at so many different things that, that um, you know, feed into the subject area. Everything from the financial person through to you know mindfulness and such like. So yeah, and I know rolling forward, we've got some really funky stuff coming up, um, yeah. things which are already recorded and ready to go, and other things. Well, in fact, we're going to have a session around yoga, and I think that's going to be. I think we've got an audio and a video session on that one. Is that right? We will be working on a video for that because I thought, wouldn't it be great to have um, you know something that people could just download to give them an introduction to yoga because I think it's something that anybody can do you just got to find the right sort I think yeah okay. and we've got some um and so I'm expecting to get the the, the lycra out for that so uh, and I uh, we talked to I think and, and we've got that's right we talked about earlier our lawyer coming online who's going to talk about um what it's like to be, you know, to come from a, um, a different culture and, you know, really stand up for yourself and really stand out as a high-performing woman in a very yeah. senior role. And the other... She's a, a mother of 10 homeschooled yeah. children and a counsellor. Yeah. That's quite, um, I've listened to that one, that's a good one coming up. That's quite eye-watering, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, some really good tips about, you know, just, um, I suppose that things beginning from family, really, right? So there's a, there's a load of things coming in. So we've got some body language experts. We've got some anxiety. There's a podcast about anxiety, one about vision, one about sports psychology, and lots more. So we're very excited for the next sort mm. of period of time. And it may well be that we're going to up the um, little bit of hot news here. We're, we may up, up the um, frequency from twice a month, maybe to three times a month. Oh, Russell, that's going to be hard work. <laughs> Well, who knows? We'll we'll see. Well, I'd, we'd certainly like to, wouldn't we? Because I think um, there's a lot of people are getting a lot of feedback saying these are very useful and our downloads are going up, so that'd be great. And talking of which, if you ever fancy the idea of whipping across to iTunes and giving us a review, that'd be marvellous. And, um, you know, we, we very much value that. Even if you think it's terrible, please go on iTunes. And, you know, one one's awful, but five would be lovely. But uh, someone, you know, these sort of podcasts help and exist and we do them for free because we enjoy doing them. But uh, to get a review and be noticed on iTunes or Stitcher or something is very useful for us. Yeah. And also, if you ever want to join our Facebook groups, because we've got individual Facebook groups, you can join us. Um, Resilience Unraveled is the name of the group. Please feel free to come and join us and have a chat and you know join in the conversation. The more the merrier, really. Um, so across the course of the, uh, the last period of time, there's been some interesting news that we should have a chat about. Is there anything that you've seen, Janet, that's worthy of comment? Um, oh, of, yeah, I wrote something um, just last week about um, how um, improving resilience and well-being um, the, reduces your risk of dementia in later life, which I thought was 
what a brilliant bit of news that was. And it all kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It does, actually. You know, when you, whenever you say this stuff, it always makes sense, doesn't it? And um, it's, it's amazing that we actually have to keep telling people this. It is amazing that um, good diet, good exercise, good lifestyle has a positive effect on our lives. <laughs> and a mindset. Um, <laughs> active um, mind, I think. Yeah, with dementia. So. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we're seeing interesting stuff coming from Alzheimer's about diabetes, the links there. And again, that's linking back to food and... And I think there's a real debate starting to happen in this country about the quality of our food and what we eat and how we eat and how much we eat. And I think that's that's going to roll forwards. And I think one of the things we're putting together with one of our contributors is we're, um, a sort of a small ebook around nutritional guidance and resilience. You know, what to have if you've gone through times of adversity, sort of things and supplements and useful things to have in your diary, diet to build new um, resilience capacity as well as you know, bouncing back from anxiety, depression, such like, or even anything, just a tough time. So yeah. I think, I think um, I've become, particularly through the blood sugar diet, become quite a fan of really keeping an eye on your food and your guts and such like. And uh, it's it's a far cry from the, the Gillian McKeith stuff from 20 years ago when we all you know spent time looking in the toilet to see what we'd left behind, you know, <laughs> to focus our attention on what we're putting in, really. That's much, much yeah. more important, isn't it? The um, government has changed um, what their recommendations as well, which is brilliant. And they've gone from like, what was it five a day? It'd be vegetables and having your plate like with your carbs and your veg and your meat in equal amounts to having um, you know more veg veg a day and that taking up more like half your plate rather than like a you know a third of it before. So um, yeah, there's. Been good changes all round, I think. What's interesting is how flaky nutritional science is, and actually, this is why we get these contradictions, isn't it? When you know, one minute coffee's good, then it's bad, and wine's good, then it's bad, and especially yeah. because actually, it's very little proper scientific evidence taking place ex until now, and now people yeah. are able to do MRI scans, they're better able to take blood samples, uh, liver samples, and such like, and what we're seeing is more scientific evidence really sort of lining up now between yeah. you know in a theme. Uh, you know this idea that high high fat was bad for you. you know, it was bad for you. That you know butter's bad for you. And suddenly discovering well, it's not as bad for you as having low fat, low fat but high sugar. Yeah. And um, you know, and it's each to their own because actually every you know that's that's what matters here because you can only stick to what you want. But Michael Mosley again talks about this idea that once you've been under that diet, the body works to unravel what you're doing. So I think we're going to definitely have a a podcast on that. You know, helping helping with people with emotional eating and you know all sorts of eating and good eating and healthy eating and nutrition. Not that we're moralising, just that we like talking about it. I mean, uh, what's yeah. there not to like about talking about food? <laughs> Love food. <laughs> right. Um, and um, so, and the other thing I've been sort of pursuing is this sort of highly sensitive people thing. I've been doing some research around links to highly sensitive people and resilience. And, and we're, we're going to do some, some more work on this. And um, uh, we're hoping even to put a retreat together later in the year for um, highly sensitive people. Uh, yeah. If there's anyone listening who's interested in that, just get in touch with us. But, um, you know, I really see that this idea of sensitivity is, is a real superpower. And I think most people that talk about high sensitivity talk about it as being a negative thing. And it's really not. It really is one of the things can you know, help you stand out in a difficult world. 
but it's how you use the, the superpower, you know, use it, using it for you rather than against you is, is one of the keys here. So yeah. uh, I think we're going to have more to say on that. And sort have of you found more of those types of people then, the more you've been thinking about it, sort of in businesses around you then? Well, what we've done is we've come up with our own measure of HSPs based on the Elena Aaron's, you know, guidance from the States. But, you know, we've got, we link it to some of the new leadership stuff that's, which, which is out there as well. So we're getting a slightly different take and we're definitely seeing a correlation between low resilience and high sensitive people until high sensitive people are given the skills to do what they need to do and managers and leaders are given the skills to get the best from those people and yeah. um, and you know that's, that's that's part of it you know it's, it's interesting and you know this idea that highly sensitive people are broken is something that we are going to take a stand on because it's not the case haha -ha, that's me thumping the table ready for ready for a new campaign in, in, in quarter three definitely going to talk more about that yeah so, um, so basically, we need to wrap up now because we've been jazzing away for a little while. We just need to keep to our time. So, suffice to say, we've got a Facebook group. Come and join us. We've got a six-week resilience program, which used to be called our six-week program, but it's actually now we're taking the time off it. We've got a, an, an online program. And um, we've also got a new thing that's starting where you can measure your resilience by taking our online tool. You can then get some quite detailed information to build a development plan for yourself. And it also involves uh, an hours or a period of online coaching as well. So um, that will be coming to our site in September on personalresilience.com. And you're more than welcome to go and have a look at that and um, spend some quality time with us. And... It could be myself or one of the other people or contributors that have been on this podcast, probably more likely to be myself, and um, we can have a chat about whatever it is that you need to base around the development plan be put together. So um, very much look forward to, looking forward to launching that. Um, anything else that you want to add into the pot then, Janet, before we go? I just think, just a big thanks to everybody that listened, because um, without all our uh, increasing number of listeners, they're really going up through the roof now and it's, it's really we're really thankful for all those people that take the time and listen and find, are obviously finding what we're pulling out of these things um, of use so that's that's just brilliant so thank you yeah and, and actually as part of that thanks to, to always remind you that if you want to take part yourselves and send us a feed some feedback giving us a review would be lovely but also if you think there's a subject we think we should cover please send you know join the facebook group and tell us because if you think there's someone out there who's good that we should talk to them we're very happy to talk to them and if you think you've got something to add please contact us we, we're always very open to looking at this subject in a different way so you're right janet thanks so much to the contributors and thanks to the listeners and um until the next one um then on that next sort of summary at christmas time um take care thanks for listening today i hope we really got some value from that i certainly enjoyed it myself Remember, there's only other podcasts and with tools and techniques, different speakers and different resources available in this series of Resilience Unraveled, so please feel free to subscribe. Why not also drop across to Facebook and join our group, Resilience Unraveled, and join in the conversation. Also, if you wanted to whip over to iTunes and drop us a, a preview or a review, that would be fantastic. Thanks ever so much. You can get hold of us at qedod.com or at personalresilience.com where you can get hold of free ebooks, resources, some online courses and even some coaching. But whatever happens, I look forward for you joining us on the next edition of Resilience and Babble.